What's going on, ladies and gents? I'm Billy Donnelly, and I'm getting old quickly. Welcome back to another brand new episode of the podcast. For those of you who have been here before, welcome back. You know the drill, you know the lay of the land, you know the rules, you know what we're here to do. But if this is your first time joining us, also welcome. Welcome aboard on our journey of self-discovery and self-reflection, of introspection and self-improvement. Basically, we try to put in the emotional work week in and week out to be better today than we were yesterday and to be better tomorrow than we were today. So what's on the agenda this week? Well, it's going to get spicy up in here because I'm going to talk about some sex. But before you get too excited, let me just let me just cut you off at the past just just for a second. It's not going to be like a sexy sex show. It's it's not what I'm shooting for here uh, today. Instead, the path that I'm going to be traveling down is more going to deal with uh, using sex as a as a tool for validation, uh, which is far less sexy uh, and arousing and titillating. So if you got excited at the outset, you saw you saw the episode title, you're like, oh man, things are gonna get explicit <laughs> up in here this week. Uh, not the case. So uh, just 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 temper those expectations uh, right now, because um, that's not it's not the plan here. Uh, instead, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna travel back in time a bit to sort of uh, high school, uh, late high school, I guess early college, uh, when I was in kind of some relationships that were not great for me. Uh, and my mindset and viewpoint of what a love or good relationships should be and then how I dealt and coped with it which was sex so um yeah back in uh I mean if we travel way way back we go to, to high school uh there was a there was a girl that I was dating on and off I've talked to I think about her here in the past on the show um but that was that was one of those sort of like typical high school relationships where, um, you know, you, you, you date for a while and then you break up and then you get back together and you break up and you get back together and break up and back together and break up. And, and you do that like 17 or 18 or, or 63 times uh, before you finally realize um, this this is not working and we should probably do something else. But during that time, you know, that was like one of my, that was like my first probably real relationship, at least for like a long period of time. Uh, cumulatively, of course, not, uh, not each break up, get back together part. Um, but over, over the span of time, that was, probably a couple of years of my high school life and a lot of the a lot of the ways or a lot, it, it was hard to deal with that you know because nobody nobody explains to you I mean that's not true 
uh, people do try to explain to you that like, you know, uh, this is first love and this is tough and, you know, they're, they're years ahead and plenty of plenty of fish out there in the sea. Right. Uh, a lot of that nonsense. Um, but you don't grasp that because you're in it. Right. And it's intense. And you're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And you don't. You, you can't process, you know, the heartbreak and the hurt uh, and the pain that comes with it not working out. Because to that point, uh, I, I had never envisioned those things not working out. You know, even at like 15, 16, 17 years old, you just you can't wrap your head around it because you just think that this person uh, should should love you forever and, and you're going to love them forever. And uh, that's not realistic in a lot of cases. For some, it, it works. You know, for some, they they get together with a high school sweetheart and like, that's it forever. Uh, but for a lot of people, it's not. But at the time, your brain, your high school teenage brain uh, is dumb and doesn't get that. And so when that doesn't work out, uh, that is a blow to your self-esteem. That's a blow to how you see yourself. Uh, you feel rejected. You feel unwanted. You feel unloved. Uh, and it sucks. It sucks. In that moment, especially in that in that uh, area of your development, um, it's crushing. And while adults and your parents and, and other people will tell you that like it's going to be fine, uh, you don't know that. In that moment, it feels like the end of the world. And so it, it just makes it worse. And what made it worse for me at that time was that that girlfriend uh, definitely cheated on me uh, on multiple occasions. And so, you know, I think long term that definitely had an effect on my self-esteem over time, which we've talked about here on the show uh, at length, because you feel like you're not good enough. You feel like you don't measure up because why Why would they seek anything from anybody else when you're there? If, if, you're, if you're good enough. And look, there are other things that factor into that, obviously, but as a, as a teenager, you're not well-equipped to understand that. And so, you know, that, that was, a, I'd say that was a real big starting point for me in terms of uh, really, really struggling with, uh, with feeling wanted. And so, you know, from that, uh, there was a time where then I was, I was just by myself. And eventually I, I, I kind of circled back and, and got together with somebody else who I had been friends with for a bit. And, um, and then it started to become more. And, and that 
that was a relationship over the course of a few months uh, over a, over a summer and that that burned like white hot like that that relationship was super intense uh, but also uh, probably not healthy uh, I don't I don't think for either of us I think that there was a codependency issue that existed there uh, her towards me and me towards her because we were both feeding off of each other and wanting to feel wanted and so when that exists especially in that similar age range uh, it, it's not it's just not a good foundation to to build on uh, especially when it comes to expectations for current and future relationships and what they should be and what they should mean and what you would hope to get out of them for a long time I just I just didn't want to be just felt like I didn't want to be alone I mean don't get me wrong uh, I it wasn't me just like being with somebody to be with them I genuinely liked them I was attracted to them uh, I would I would say that I love them to a degree but you know just just looking back over time at how they were uh, and how they developed I I don't know that they were great for me I mean, how many relationships that you have when you're a teenager or, or or a young adult, how many of them are really great for you? Because we all think that we know everything. And we all think that everything's going to be amazing all the time. And, you know, just no one really equips us or prepares us for when they don't work out. And so when that one that one didn't work out it didn't work out because i went to i went to school i moved I, I left home which is primarily where both of those relationships were at the time and i went away to school and the distance look long distance relationships can absolutely work in life i do not believe that long distance relationships can work when you're like 17 or 18 years old because you're still just trying to you're still figuring out who the hell you are I mean look I'm 41 I'm still figuring out who the hell I am but at 17 and 18 I have no idea who the hell I am like like none like maybe like a smidgen a smidgen like a tiny tiny glimpse or grasp of who I am but not enough where I would then tie myself down and wrap myself around a, a completely another person and like be there be stuck there because there's still plenty of room to grow plenty of room to figure out who I am plenty of room to figure out who they are that I don't think uh, being tied to somebody at a far distance and restricting all of that exploration period I just don't think that, that that's good and look and we tried it for a little bit but it, it just didn't work 
it didn't work and, and, and primarily it didn't work because now I was in a whole new world around all new people still trying to figure out who I was and and the possibilities seemed endless. And so it kind of dissipated. But I remember on the way out and look, I, I don't even to this day, I don't have full closure from that relationship as far as figuring out exactly what happened. But I remember basically being told that there was somebody else, and as a result, that was like her out to get out of this thing. And I didn't really fight on it, because now I just had all these possibilities uh, afterwards. But from those two relationships and from those two experiences, which I think, as I said, I, I don't think they formed good foundations for me to build on. When I then did go into college, I wasn't, look, it's easy for me to say I wasn't looking to date anybody or I wasn't looking for anything serious or I wasn't looking for a relationship. But if they would have sprung up and happened, I wouldn't have turned them away. But what I what I didn't want anymore in that time was to feel lonely. And that's, that's kind of where I was at. I was, because I had sort of gone from relationship to relationship, I didn't ever really learn how to be by myself. And I had said at the time, well, I'm just, you know, I'm going to learn how to be by myself, which is easier said than done. But I remember, you know, at that time, it was just like, I just don't want to be by myself. You know, being by yourself sucks. And coming out of those two relationships, being by yourself feels like rejection. Being by yourself feels like you're not wanted. And so, the answer for me at that time was to just find people to hook up with. And look, we all go through, we all go through periods of life where like we, that's, that's going to do the trick. And, uh, and I'm not judging anybody uh, by any stretch or by any means. We all got needs. We all have desires. Take care of them. But for me, looking back and in retrospect, seeing how some of some of that developed, I put a lot of value and worth in a lot of those hookups, primarily because they sent the message to me that this means that I'm desired or wanted. Not, not necessarily love, that's something completely different. 
but it made me feel validated. It made me feel as if I'm good enough because this person wants to hook up with me or this person wants to have sex or this person wants to get together. And that's it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling to feel desired and wanted. But it's also not sustainable. Right? Because I can't I can't have sex all the time. Physically it's impossible. I'd be dehydrated, just drained out. But it, it's it's just it's not a sustainable standard to 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 keep up. Because then what winds up happening is that when you don't have hookups, when you don't have sex, and that is your barometer, then it is really easy to have those feelings of being undesired or unwanted just wash over you and kind of sink you in the moment. And it's real easy to be down. And it's real easy to feel depressed. And it's real easy to struggle. When you don't have that. And, you know, as I've talked about in the past. With my struggles of validation. And my love language. Uh, being words of affirmation. You know, I it's hard for me to not get addicted to that and to not uh, chase that drug of feeling that way. And there were, look, there were plenty of people that I had who were regular hookups. There are people that it just kind of happened and then never happened again. But when, when I would have that sort of like sugar crash, I guess, or hit that wall, then it was time to go back and see what could fill the void to make myself not feel that way anymore and to bring myself back up. But that's, that's no real way to survive. Because you're never, you're never able to fill the void. You, you can't fill the hole in because you're not dealing with why the hole exists. It's almost like you're throwing uh, dirt into the hole and the hole just keeps getting deeper because you never took the time to figure out why the hell there was a hole anyway. And I think that's easy for a lot of us to do. It might not be sex, it might be something else. 
at some point in our life where we feel like there's this void and that something or somebody else is going to be able to fill it for us. But that's not how it works. You know, and we try. We try to do it that way. It just doesn't work. And it's not until we can understand and realize where the hole comes from that we can also understand and realize that it's going to take us, ourselves, to try and fix and repair it. Maybe not even fill it, but at least at least put some cones up around it and do some work periodically for a long-term solution to maybe have it be a, at least a smaller hole. Not necessarily one that's entirely gone. And look, I don't want you to mistake me as, as saying like this sex or these hookups were bad. Some of them were pretty good. And I enjoyed them immensely. And I don't I don't judge anybody who decides that they want to have a good amount of sex. A good amount of hookups. To each their own. But for me, I kind of knew what they... At least over time, I've come to just get a better feel for... What else went into them? I mean, yeah, the physical pleasure was a big part of them. Not gonna lie. But the rest of it, there was definitely some mental and emotional and psychological aspects to them. And because they were built on a shoddy foundation as it was, it further cemented for me the idea that sex equaled validation. Or sex equaled feeling wanted. Or sex equaled feeling desired. So that in the absence of sex or hooking up, it... What came with that was the absence of feeling desired. It's because I, I created this sort of uh, Pavlovian response to it. Sex equals feeling wanted. Sex equals feeling desired. Sex equals validation. No sex equals none of those things. Once again, not sustainable. And so that that long term creates a number of problems as I headed into other relationships. Because 
because then when it when it did come time for me to actually get into a relationship after that this was a pretty big a pretty big thing for me to have to work through and the problem was is that I didn't know that it was what it was And that led to a relationship that I was in for a number of years that didn't go very well for either of us. And I I have really kind of avoided uh, talking about that. And my role in that and the why I behave the way I did in that for a long period of time. I think part of it is. I think part of it is shame. But I also think that a part of it. Is what not wanting to acknowledge or confront the reasons why I was how I was in that relationship. And at some point in time, I'm going to get into it here on the show. Because I think that it is necessary. As scary as it will probably be, I just I think it's necessary. But as a result, look, I wasn't a good boyfriend uh, in that relationship at all. And because I was in such need feeling wanted and feeling desired and feeling validated a relationship was probably not the best thing for me to be in because it couldn't give me what I needed or what I thought I needed couldn't give me what I was chasing and it couldn't satisfy my fix for all the things that I've laid out here across this particular episode. And so I used those physical encounters. I used the hookups. I used the sex to feel better about myself because what it said was this person, I'm good enough for this person to want me in this moment. Therefore, I am valued. And I feel better about myself. Even though that's it's not just not a good headspace to be in. And I'm not saying that that's the case for everybody. 
I just think over time, having looked back at some of it and thought really hard about some of it, this is just how some of it was for me. I was using this to try to fill a hole that could never be filled by this. And it wasn't until way later that I have now understood why this was this way. That I feel like I have a, a better understanding of who I am, who I was then, who I am now. And how I handle and cope with these struggles. That's growth. I'm at least proud of that. And I'll keep doing the work. Because that's what life asks of me. That's what my life requires. And on that note, I'm going to call time. So that's my story for this week. Some things to think about and reflect on. That's it. All right. That said, let's get all the information necessary for you to Get on out of here with all the things that you really should know. Uh, let's start with the email address here at the podcast. That's gettingoldquicklypod at gmail.com. Gettingoldquicklypod at gmail.com. Question, comment, feedback, concern. Send an email in. It'll come before my eyes. I'll read it, respond back to it. And if I think it deserves a deeper dive here on a future episode of the show, well, maybe that'll happen. So to do that, to get in contact here at the show with me, gettingoldquicklypod at gmail.com. Uh, make, sure make sure you get yourself some Getting Old Quickly shirts and apparel. Because they look real nice. teespring.com slash gettingoldquickly. That's teespring.com slash gettingoldquickly. 10% of the profits go to NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. So help out a good cause. Get yourself some cool swag. Do two things at the same time. Getting Old Quickly shirts available at teespring.com slash gettingoldquickly. Follow or subscribe to the show in all the typical podcast places. You can find Getting Old Quickly at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, iHeartRadio, etc., etc., etc. Make your life easier so that when every Monday a new episode drops of Getting Old Quickly, it's already right there waiting for you. You don't have to go on the search or the hunt. You've subscribed or followed, and there it is for you. So make your life easier and do that. It is free, free, free in order to get the podcast at your convenience. And if you use Apple Podcasts, rate and review the show. Always a big help as well. Uh, word of mouth also helps, so tell people about the show. Make sure you share the show. Make sure you retweet or tweet or like or post about the show. Make sure you tag us in the meantime while you do it. On Instagram, 
You can follow us at Getting Old Quickly on Twitter at Getting Old Quick and on Facebook, like our page, facebook.com slash Getting Old Quickly. And finally, if you find yourself in a dark place or in crisis mode, whether it is yourself, a friend, a loved one, a family member, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline exists for those moments. 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. They're available 24-7. So if you find that you need somebody to talk to, that resource is there for that very purpose. So if you need it, please use it. That's why it exists. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. On that note, it's time to close this out and wrap things up. I'm going to head on out of here and contemplate as I usually do. And I'll be back next week talking about more things rattling around my brain. But until then, well, and as always, I'm Billy Donnelly. I'm getting old quickly. And just remember, getting old doesn't suck. It kind of just happens. Mm-hmm.